Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. I'm, well... It's obvious. I'm John Verhoeven, and I was a cop back in the 80s in Sydney. And I'm Paul Verhoeven, John's son. I'm an author, and I wrote two books about Dad's time as a cop. The first five seasons of Loose Units spanned my time in general duties, forensics, my time as a firefighter, and even my stint running a funeral home. This season, we're visiting the locations of Australia's most notorious, baffling, horrific crimes, and looking at what happened there. From Snowtown to the family... From the Morehouse murders to haunted highways. This season of Loose Units is your go-to guide to the worst crimes in Australian true crime history. Welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. As many of you may know, Dad used to be a police officer, that's why we're here. He used to be in the fire brigade, he was a safety inspector, he was a private investigator for a very brief stint, and don't think I'm not going to ask him more questions about that down the line. And Dad's done a whole bunch of very strange things, very strange, thrilling things. But Dad's current occupation, if we're technical, apart from being a broadcaster and minor true crime celebrity, <laughs> is being an antiques dealer. And today's case involves an antiques dealer. Dad, how does it feel to be talking about one of your own? I would be very hesitant to to use that phrase. In what way? my own, because, right. you know, he's clearly a bad man. As we will discover. Well, yeah, I'm just talking about his job. I'm not talking about his moral barometer, you know. True, true. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, <laughs> um, it's, I read the story, Paul. Thanks mm. for the link. Incredible, fascinating. Uh, to kick off the new year. And before we take off, yeah. not, not in a, uh, a metaphysical sense, mm-hmm. um, not in a... Uh, a rocket sense. Not in actually leaving the ground sense, yes. Exactly. No, I, I got that. But yeah. I would like to say to you mm-hmm. and the listeners yeah. that we, mm-hmm. as your listening listeners, yes. clearly you're listening because you're a listener. Oh my God. We yes. have just started our sixth year. Oh, right. I see where you're going. Okay, yes. Six years. Happy six-year anniversary, everybody. And I, Dad, I'm saying this especially to you, but you know, a lot of our listeners have been listening since pretty much day one, thanks mm. to Michelle Laurie and her podcast. A lot of people jumped on board the day we began the show because she popped up our first episode on her feed before we did on our feed, which meant that people were ready to go from day one. So, uh, so what do you what what's the uh, what's the anniversary thing? What's the anniversary gift for six years? Six years. Well, I gift. um, I think six years in this mm. in this sort of throwaway, mm-hmm. sort of continually looking beyond, in an ever 
perpetual sort of state of never being happy to be in the now, something mm-hmm. that we're losing um, as a race, I believe. What? Yep. I think that it's good to listen to podcasts because it brings you into the now. It, it helps you focus uh, on, on something. And I know that the listeners have been really keen to, uh, to start the new year, but I was doing some stats and going back and I actually looked at our very first podcast uh-huh. and it took place, uh, well, as I said, we're in our sixth year, which is, I think that's quite an achievement. It feels big. I mean, there's a lot of relationships I haven't had that haven't lasted anywhere near as long mm. as six years. Yeah. And, and Paul, I know that we're not allowed to talk about something and I won't, but I'd like to say mm-hmm. that something fairly massive may be on the horizon. Am I allowed to say that? Well, once my breasts get put in, I think two massive things will be on the horizon. Dad, you said speaking of the now... Speaking of the now, uh, once we've, I think we've uh, dutifully acknowledged the six-year mark, which, again, I'd like to celebrate with you properly, uh, maybe on stage at some point soon. Speaking of the now, mm-hmm. we're talking about an antique dealer, and I know you chafed at the notion that he's one of your own, but could you talk us through this case? Because this is, this is just such an interesting story, and it really does go some places. It does. Now, Paul, I, there are a couple of things in life that I really love. Yeah. And I did go through a gold and silver phase. Did you know that? You mean when you bought gold and silver? Yeah, I had about 30 kilos of silver. Yeah, you went you went a bit weird. I went crazy. I yeah. became... But that was, to be fair, it was during uh, COVID. And I did become a bit of a silver prepper. And <laughs> it was really bad. I used to just... I, it was like someone that had stolen a masterpiece, like a Van Gogh or a... Rembrandt mm. and they've got it down in this private gallery like a dungeon and they've got this secret code and they go in and they sort of walk along a little red carpet and they sit in this sort of throne-like chair they dim the lights there is their one painting that's stolen uh, on an easel okay. no one gets to share it but they derive extreme joy from just staring at this this object yeah and I, I, be, I became sort of Transfixed. Christine once caught me at three in the morning with a torch shining my torch on the silver bars. That's how bad it got. Yeah, uh, we were all a little bit worried, honestly. I know you were. So why do I mention that? Because I had a very, very good relationship with a gold and silver company here in Sydney. It's, it's, It's a massive business. Okay. And the reason I talk about that is that the security... Did my voice just go up? Yes, the, that's called intonation. It's actually a good thing, Dad. Oh, excellent. The security involved in this industry, mm-hmm. if I was to plan a heist with you, yeah. if, you, if you fly up to Sydney or I fly to Melbourne and we sit down for, for weeks and plan a robbery oh, would love on, one of, on one of these uh, gold and silver institutions, mm-hmm. it's nigh impossible. However... Is that because of the uh, evolution of technology? Is that maybe, yeah, yeah. Okay. The security is... It's just top level yeah and I, ha- I have sussed it out because i've been into these places many many times but here we have a guy by the name of carl dimitri kashami uh-huh. who is an antique dealer okay. in melbourne now he's probably not dealing in antiques at the moment which will become obvious why as we progress during the story but he and this is where you can't pick crims you and i have discussed uh you know the backgrounds of criminals you can't yes. 
can't sort of label a particular suburb, a particular level of education. They come from all walks of life. Yes, you've um, made pains to point out the fact that the kinds of things that happen behind closed doors in, say, Mossman are just as bad as in, say, Blacktown. They're just different, just different types of fucked up, basically. Correct. And some of the most crooked police officers that I met in the New South Wales Police Force went to the best schools in Sydney. Wow. So, you know, I'm not going to name the schools, but they're, they're, they're top tier. What do they rhyme with? Um, well. Bliverdale. S- <laughs> uh, streaming uh, Vista. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Riverview. <laughs> you just said it. You just said the word. Yeah, well, I was booked in at birth to go there and that never happened. No, and I well, sometimes I, lament. Hang on, I, wasn't I booked in at birth as well? Paul, you were booked in at many schools. Anyway, you were. So, and I sometimes think to myself, if I had have gone to Riverview, would I have been, what would the trajectory of my life been? And then I think back to the police force and think Mm. about some of the the police that I worked with that had gone to some of these elite schools. Mm -hmm. And some of them were, to be honest, pretty fucked up. You think a bent cop just because you would have been susceptible to those things? Look, I think greed, it's all about greed. And in this particular case, on the surface, this particular person, yeah. he's dealing in antiques, very, very high education. He even worked as the finance lecturer at Deakin University. Wow, okay. And he owns not one, mm. but numerous multi-million dollar homes. And he owns a very, very large boarding house, which we'll come to later because that's the part of the story that is creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, for lots of reasons. So what he does, he organises to commit an armed robbery and he uh, he goes into Collins Street. Now, Paul, for those listeners that don't know Collins Street, it's a serious business street. It, it runs all the way up to, I believe, Parliament House in Melbourne. That's right. Yeah, it's kind of the... Bougie business district. It's uh, very New York. It's Correct. Yeah. And what he does, he he gets a surgical mask. Now, we all know that masks, people don't give a second glance at masks anymore, do they? Wouldn't that make it easier to pull off a heist nowadays? At least the opening I agree. of the heist. Yeah. I agree. The surgical mask, the goggles. Yep. He's wearing high range visibility, um, you know, that sort of high vis um, clothing that they wear on construction sites. Yeah. And he is carrying... An unregistered Glock pistol. Now, the Glock is the pistol used by the New South Wales Police Force. That is the standard issue mm-hmm. firearm. I don't know what they use in in, in Melbourne, um, but one has to ask oneself: How on earth did he get in touch with someone that could provide him with a a deadly weapon? And he he goes into um, this particular place that. Um, it's called the Melbourne Gold Company. And he goes up to a particular employee mm-hmm. whose name was Daniel Eady. And he simply says to Daniel, this is a robbery, this is a holdup. Okay. So what happens is, unbeknownst to anyone at that point, yeah, he and Eady had been planning the whole caper. And what a perfect oh, way. Oh, wow. Like what an inside man. Inside of the, yeah. man okay. on the inside. Mm. You approach this particular person. And you, you put a gun in their face. Yes. 
And gives, oh wow! I mean, it's it's very very clever. Yeah. And when they view all the, um, you know, the CCTV footage, yeah. it appears from the moment he's on Collins Street, ent- enters the um, the foyer, mm-hmm. goes up in the lift, goes to the door, goes through the security protocol. They don't pat you down. It's not a bank. No, it's not a. It's not a bank. There's, so there's no area where there's because you know the heist film there's public there to get money out and then the heister has to basically say everybody be cool this is a robbery blah 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 this is a little kind of private nook several stories up in a uh, office building basically correct right? but 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 the thing is Paul that I've been into these types of premises and when you actually gain entrance to sort of the inner sanctum mm-hmm. they've got a viewing room they've got a lot of stuff on display yeah um and you've got you can have up to 10 members of staff. It's very frenetic. Mm-hmm. And there are people in there with, with rucksacks because a lot of people want to, if they're buying a large quantity of gold, that, that, there are no limitations. I mean, to give you an example, a one kilo bar yeah. of gold, which is which should fit in the palm of your hand, um, we're talking around about $110,000. For one, one bar. Okay, so okay. How, yeah, I was about to ask you how much gold you and mum have, but that's probably a terrible question to ask on the mic. So uh, I will ask you later. Hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a most people don't deal in kilo bars because most people deal in coins or one ounce um, ingots because they're uh-huh. a lot easier to offload. What's a Krugerrand? I had a lot of those, and they're one ounce of gold, but I mean they're worth around about. Three, well, well over three thousand dollars an ounce. That's three thousand dollars per coin. You don't need a lot of coins for the for the money to build up pretty rapidly. Theoretically, is there any? Let's say you get an old coin that is a you know gold coin. Uh, how much of the value of an old coin is the oldness, and how much is the gold, or does it vary wildly? Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
I had a collection of Krugerrand, which are um, South African coins. Mm-hmm. And I, th- from, a, from a coin perspective, they're very beautiful. Uh-huh. There's something about them. And I, when I sold some Krugerrand, I said, you know, what happens to these? And the guy sort of gave me a rather sad, lamentable look. And he said, we melt them down. Everything is melted down. If you were to take a, a, a rare sort of 17th century pure gold chalice from a mm-hmm. monastery and yeah. you took it into a merchant, they yeah. would not consider the intrinsic value in terms of its, its beauty or that the history. They don't uh, factor that in. They, an example is that a few weeks ago, I had a, a solid gold, quite rare watch. Mm-hmm. I took it in and he said to me, do you mind if I destroy this particular item? And I wasn't quite keyed in and ready for what happened. And he held my beautiful watch um, it was actually a very rare fob watch. He oh. held it in one hand and he reached over and he grabbed some pliers and he started, he literally tore the watch apart. No. And what he did, he pulled all the metal components out. Mm-hmm. This was a mid-19th century solid gold fob watch. That sucks. And because he's just not interested in anything except the gold, they weigh it, they do a calculation and they, they pay you out. Okay. So there this are is so the kind many... Of... This is the kind of mercenary person. No, it is. It's mercenary. That, that is staffing the place where this guy's walked in and pulled this job. Exactly. Okay. Now, he would have been... It was very, very helpful in this particular case for his accomplice, who yeah. was an employee of this particular organization, to not raise any alarms. There would, On the balance of probabilities, there would be silent alarms that they could... Trigger. They might be foot operated. They might be under a desk where you can furtively just reach under, and they'd, they'd be all over the place. They'd be very well concealed, but very well known by all the staff, because it doesn't matter where they are in in the physical building. They need to be able to access really quickly. Imagine if you know um, guys came in with with machine guns, and they said, "Look, this is an armed robbery. Yeah. Uh, we want to just basically clean you out." So, what happened was the accomplice. He, because they also deal in jewellery. Mm-hmm. You remember how I said that they're fairly mercenary in terms of gold. So they would have people coming in off the street. They would have families, you know, elderly people coming in with, the, dare I say it, the crown jewels, the, the, mm. the heirlooms from yeah. that have been passed down for hundreds of years. So, and there's a lot of cash also because, and I, I tread warily with what I'm about to say, but there are people in society, I've been in these organisations and seen, sort of got a very good overview of the, of the without sort of generalising, you do get a sense of the types of people and you have certain communities that deal in cash. So a lot of cash comes into the, the business and a lot of gold and precious metals, platinum and silver leaves. Mm. So there's a, there's, a, there's a mix, a good mix. So what happened was during the robbery, the, his accomplice handed over gold, okay, jewelry, yes, and cash, and it was around. It was between three and four million dollars worth. Oh, which is, um, and they're saying, the police are saying, that it could have been considerably more, and they've also said that it's the third. Um, most significant in terms of dollar value armed robbery ever committed in Melbourne in in Victoria wow so it's got a it's got a bit of a record there and 
I'm actually looking at the photograph, Paul, and it there's a fair bit of gold there, but they're fairly, um, you know, it's very, very easy to have put that into a very small bag mm-hmm. and and got away. So the uh, the, the the accomplice, um, it looks as though there's been a genuine armed robbery. The police have examined the um, the footage and they have, of course, you know, with 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 questioning, began to realise that uh, it was a, uh, you know, inside job. Inside job. Yeah. But Kashami, um, what he does, he pleads guilty, and he also hang on, how'd they catch him? Well, that's a very good question, Paul. <laughs> um, good police work, Paul. Um, the accomplice uh, also. He'd got almost $4 million, okay? But his, the guy on the inside was actually, during the robbery, was gesturing at another, to another safe to get more. In other words, they were completely greedy. And I think based on the police looking at the CCTV footage, actually seeing this member of staff being held up, then gesturing to the robber, mm-hmm. you know, sort of volunteering this extra information. Like, oh, well, while you're here, why don't you take from this safe? It, it's almost comical. And I think that would have been very instrumental in the, in the downfall. So what happens is two days later, um, they, they arrested um, Kashami. And they went to a small town uh, in Gippsland. Do you, where's Gippsland in relation to Melbourne? Uh, Gippsland is, well, Gippsland is extraordinarily big and encompasses a lot of Victoria. So when we go to, uh, Tegan's folks, uh, hometown, uh, in Gippsland, we drive for three hours. So it's not close. Okay. Well, can you guess the name of the town that, uh, the, the, the loot was buried in uh, where his mother lives? Shit. No, I can't. It's called Dollar. (laughs) Which is rather bizarre, isn't it? That's great. Yeah. First place I'd look, but yeah. Um, what he buried it? Yeah, he buried it in his mother's backyard. Huh. Um, so during the robbery, Edie, his hands were tied by Kashami, mm-hmm. and when Kashami left, uh, two customers who came in minutes later, um, basically, he he'd been tied up, and then they cut him loose. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also pleaded guilty. So they both pleaded guilty. Um, and then Kashami's main defense was that it was a victimless crime. Um, but he was sentenced just last week, Paul, to four years in jail. But um, one of the side issues of this particular story is that he owns, um, amongst other things, a boarding house. And... He got into trouble with the police. Now, no charges were ever laid, and I'm not quite sure why, but he was installing uh, concealed cameras in some of the bathrooms. Oh, boy. And one of the young girls that had stayed there on a previous occasion said that he used to go up into the roof and spend hours up there in this sort of supposed attic. Of course, my mind took me back to that terrible story of 
the uh, the rapist at the um, oh god in the roof of the shower in the block roof at, the shower at, the, block. at the immigration center yes and then when I went up there I discovered all the holes that had been drilled in the ceiling and he had been up there for possibly years uh, he had unfettered access to this place and and it's 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 not uncommon and you know that to me indicates that this particular person was of fairly unsavory character and he also regarded himself as an aesthete have you heard that term before uh i have i confess i don't know what it means can you google it right so a person who's really into you know beautiful things yes yes hence the antique side of things yes it's sad in a way listeners and paul that someone who on the surface has so much you know in terms of materialistic Mm. things he's he's very very comfortable financially yeah it's this it's this this greed maybe this almost this sense of entitlement or thinking that he's smarter, more clever, you know, coming up with this this crime that has landed him um, in jail for four years. Where he will have plenty of time to to consider his um, his actions. But it's just it's bizarre to think that someone would believe that they could get away with something like that. So actually, Dad, this story was three years ago. Uh, so he's he's uh, he's been in prison for a little while. So yeah, 48-year-old, he'd be 49, 50, 51 by now. Multi-millionaire, as you said, finance lecturer. And um, jail for four years. That means he gets out... Uh, hang on. 2020 November. He gets out at the end of this year, unless he's gotten out on good behavior. Hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he gets back into the antique trade. Oh, yeah. He'll have to use a different name because um, it's a very small world, a world of antiques. Mm. But, um, yes, it's um, it's sad because he had children as well. Mm. Uh, you know, stay-at-home father. Antique business is a great business, you know, when you can work from home. But he's just he's thrown it all away. But his defense was interesting. Um, his, uh, his lawyer argued that it was because he, uh, his, his parents came over from Egypt his lawyer said that his life was, you know, unstable all over the place, a lot of kind of familial upheaval and stress and whatnot. And so that kind of led to him being uh, an adult who felt like his life wasn't stable, which meant that he, you know, planned this very, very, um, it's not cliched. It's, it's a, it's a very heisty heist, right? I mean, he tried to do it in exactly the way you would do it if you're kind of doing a film. But basically, he was trying to hang on to what he had. Yeah. Um, I think potentially he was in some financial trouble because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So this little... Like his business empire was on the verge of going under and he thought the most expeditious way of, of ensuring his financial future was to pull off a um, pull off a heist. Dad, as somebody who is an antique dealer and, uh, you know, I would say is also to a degree an aesthete in that you, you know, take great pride in things that look beautiful as part of your job. Mm. Um, And you have a fondness for gold. Would you ever, under any circumstances, pull off a heist like this? Never, ever, ever. Right. I was just reading yesterday about a guy in America that's just come out of jail, wrongly accused. He's just done 47 years in jail. That's What a terrible, terrible... To spend 
Uh, okay, he, listeners, here's an experiment, which mm-hmm. none of you will probably do, and I, I wouldn't do it, but go into your bathrooms after this podcast, close the door and sit on the toilet or on the floor or in the bath with no water for 24 hours. See how you feel. It's tough. Yeah. And multiply that by, you know, by years and, you know, mm-hmm. terrible, terrible, terrible place. Not a nice place. So, no, I would never do it. Well, look, I honestly think that if Dad and I teamed up, we could probably pull off something mildly successful, but God knows, as as you mentioned at the start of the episode, Dad, uh, it's not really easy to pull off heists anymore. So maybe this is something we would need to just do, uh, you know, maybe if we, God, we could do a television show or something, maybe turn out some stories about us pulling this kind of shit off. Anyway, that is the sad, strange tale of Kashami, the uh, gold exchange robber slash antique dealer, who, again, um, unbeknownst to us because we got our timelines crossed, may in fact be out of jail right now. And if you're listening, Mr. Kashami, good luck to you. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you at the tail end of this week with a new episode of Loose Ends. In the meantime, take it easy, and we will see you then. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.